0: This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greeks Cornerback Corner. This is the Week 16 Audio Edition. How's everybody doing? How are we all doing in our playoffs? That was an interesting week last week, that's for sure. Yikes, not a great way to start the playoff run for many of us. Just absolutely crazy week last week, but we'll get into all that. I hope everyone's doing good. I hope you guys had some buys last week. Lord knows we needed them. And those of you that did survive the shenanigans last week, let's move on to week 16 and see if we can get you some good corner streams to get you through the semifinals and into finals for your championship runs for fantasy football. All righty. so as is tradition, we'll start with transparency for last week for all the calls, written and audio, and then we'll move on to this week. So last week, I had 77 start calls for leagues of all different sizes. Five of those were inactive, leaving us with 72 adjusted calls. I was 75% accurate on those calls last week with a 51% massive hit rate. So that's any time I call double, triple, quadruples or more. It's projection. We call that a massive hit. For the season, 80% accurate with 47% massive hit rate. So yeah, as I mentioned just a minute ago, that was a rough week all around for many of us last week, myself included. So many of our best options, including Darius Slay, Devin Witherspoon, were inactive. Nate Hobbs got pulled early in a bloodbath. Razul Douglas flapped in a perfect matchup. Kenny Moore went cold at the wrong time. We didn't get a real game out of Dallas Buffalo. The Texans, second best passing attack in the league for most of this season, had to march out a backup quarterback. He only completed 23 passes, and many of those were to running back or tight end. Same deal with Tua and the Dolphins. 21 completions, over a third of those to running back slash tight end. We had unexpected cornerback fluctuations in Seattle, Detroit, indianapolis green bay and new england so it was the perfect storm of shenanigans last week but if we survived we keep on plodding forward because the alternative is just to give up make it easy for our opponents and beat ourselves and we will never do that so with that in mind let's get to it All righty. so last week audio edition transparency let's start with the cornerbacks ones and twos that we talked about for week 15 and we'll start with Byron Murphy who doubled his projection, DJ Reed got past his projection, Benjamin uh, excuse me, Benjamin Saint Just doubled his projection, Duran Bland was under projection, Razul Douglas was under projection. That that whole game was real wacky, let me tell you. And Devin Witherspoon was inactive. Over to dart throws for week 15. Nate Hobbs was under projection. Asante Samuel got past his projection. Caleb Evans doubled projection. Kenny Moore was under. Sauce Gardner was under. But Kendall Fuller tripled his projection. Stefan Gilmore got past his. Teron Johnson doubled his. And Tariq Woolen was benched after only 28% of snaps played. And Darius Slay was inactive. So, yeah, just really terrible timing for all this stuff to happen. At the same time, you know, quarterfinal week of fantasy playoffs, but it is what it is, we do the best we can and we keep on moving. So last week, eight out of the 16 audio correction, excuse me, eight out of the 16 audio recommendations were correct. Five of those eight that were incorrect were legit misses. One mid game benching, two inactives, and then five of the eight that were correct were massive hits. So that is transparency for last week. Definitely the second worst week I've had the entire season. The timing is just not great on that, but it is what it is. So, you know, apologies and we'll keep it moving here. All right, let's move on to week 16. We'll start with the best matchups for week 16. And there's definitely one that stands out above all the rest, and that is Cowboys at Dolphins. So, yes, this is outdoors, but it's outdoors in Miami. So, you know, we don't have to worry about snow or sleet or, you know, anything like that. So that helps. This has got a half point over-under, which is massive. That is a great number. The Cowboys just got their doors blown off, so I, I feel like they have to, after that embarrassing loss last week, at least put up a little bit better showing than they did last week. So I think we should get a back-and-forth affair. The Cowboys were the second overall passing attack before last week's disaster. They are sixth in the league for wide receiver targets. The Dolphins are the number one overall passing attack in the league, and they are eighth in the league for wide receiver targets. So on paper, this has all the factors we're looking for. This should be a very good matchup to stream from. But, you know, we said that about Bill's Cowboys last week, and look what happened there. So we never know, right? The best we can do is, you know, guess based on the factors that have helped us out all season and you know, go with what makes sense and just hope that that's what happens. So regardless, that looks like a great game this week. I'm going to have a lot of Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, Jalen Ramsey, and Cater Kohu going for sure. Some of the best one-sided matchups for Week 16 include the Jets side of Commanders at Jets. So we've talked about the Commanders being a pretty good passing attack all season, but also a mistake-prone passing attack, which is a great recipe for opposing cornerbacks. So Washington is within the top third of the league for overall passing offense. They are fifth in the league for wide receiver targets. And their quarterback makes mistakes all the time. So this should be a really good spot for D.J. Reed, Sauce Gardner. I think we get a good floor of combined tackles and pass defense and maybe an interception or two between them. So that's looking pretty good. I also like the Giants side of Giants at Eagles. So the Eagles are just outside the top third of the league for overall passing offense, and they are within the middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. But we've talked about this before. That's kind of a mirage of a ranking because we don't care about the wide receiver targets because enough of them go to Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown every week that the top two opposing corner options, in this case, Adore Jackson and Deontay Banks, will have value, and, and those are the options we are looking to this week. The, the Eagles are in just as dire a straight as the Cowboys. Maybe worse, right? Because the Cowboys lost a game. The Eagles have lost, what, three three games in, in the past month or, or something like that? So they are in full-blown panic mode. This is a divisional game against an inferior opponent. This has, you know, on paper, this looks like a get-right game where the Eagles just assert their dominance, show they're the better team, beat the living crap out of the Giants, and the Giants' IDPs are on the field for a good chunk of this game. And I think that gives us some good value on top of the good factors we already have going, with the Eagles being a pretty good passing attack that targets Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown quite a bit. So I think we're looking good there. I also like the Chargers side of Bills at Chargers. So, so the Bills changed up their entire offense to absolutely destroy the Cowboys last week. They barely threw the ball. Josh Allen had something like, it was less than 100 passing yards last week. I remember that. You know, that's not them. That is not what they normally do. They're the fifth overall passing attack in the league. They're within the top third for wide receiver targets. They normally sling it like crazy, but they saw a weakness in the Cowboys defense which, you know, is a defense primarily constructed for pass rush and pass defense. And they just ran the ball right down Dallas's throat. I don't think they're going to need to do that against the Chargers. The Chargers are clearly a team on the decline at the moment. They're beat up. They've got injury issues. They're not going anywhere. They just fired their head coach. They're starting a backup quarterback. Everything points to this just being a normal Bills offensive style game where they just come out and beat the living hell out of the Chargers. So I think that puts our Chargers options in a good situation to have a good week this week. Moving on to some of the worst matchups for week 16. First one that really stuck out was Cardinals at Bears. So this is outdoors in Chicago towards the end of September, excuse me, December. That's not a good start to begin with. It's definitely going to be windy. It's definitely going to be cold. We could get snow or rain. That's always a possibility. So not good to start. But then beyond that, the Cardinals are the 30th overall passing attack in the league. That is the third worst. They only target their wide receivers the 25th most in the league. The Bears are the 27th worst passing attack in the league and only target their wide receivers 30th most overall. So, lots of negative factors for this Cardinals at Bears matchup. So, we probably want to steer clear of that one. Another one that's not looking so hot this week is Patriots at Broncos. So, this is also outdoors. It's in Denver. It's a mile high, you know, and all that jazz, but it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. That's not a good setup to begin with for this time of year. And beyond that, the Patriots are the 25th worst passing attack. In the league, and they're also within the worst third of the league for wide receiver targets. They'll probably be starting a backup quarterback yet again. So, not a good setup for our Broncos options, and an equally bad setup on the other side. The Broncos are the 26th overall passing attack and only target their wide receivers 28th most overall. So, not great for our Patriots either. Beyond that, we've got shenanigans. We've got fluctuation in the Patriots cornerback core. We'll talk about that later, but it, things are unsettled to begin with and we've got a bad matchup on top of that that's that's not good we should stay away from that uh, and then another bad matchup this week and and on paper it does not look like a bad matchup but it, but it really is is ravens at 49ers this has got a pretty big 45 and a half point over under which you know upon initial inspection looks pretty good but when we zoom in, as we have with these 49ers matchups in recent history here, we see that the 49ers are the third overall passing attack, but only 31st, or the second worst rather, in the league for wide receiver targets. So that's not good. That, that's not going to help. We need wide receiver targets to have effective quarterback streaming for our opposing corners. We're not going to get that with the 49ers. And the Ravens are just as bad. The Ravens are the within the worst third of the league for overall passing offense and 24th. Both of these teams are a run first, pass last type team. Both are defensive, run and play defense, which, you know, is good for them when it comes to the playoffs. That they're the type of team that could win a Super Bowl, either one of these two, but it's not good for us for cornerback streaming. So we probably want to avoid that one. All righty. And let's pick it back up with, so those are the worst matchups for week 16. We've also got some potentially good matchups this week. that kind of depend on some factors that haven't quite settled yet. And, you know, now that we're in the semifinals week, I figured, you know, more can't hurt, right? More information can't hurt. So strap in. Let's talk about some potentially good matchups for week 16. Brand new category I'm introducing this week. So Saints at Rams could easily end up being a great cornerback stream across the board this week, right? It really could be. So the Rams are the 12th overall passing attack. They are third in the league for wide receiver targets. So our Saints are locked and loaded. We've got a good week set up for Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor, Isaac Yadam. They should be locked and loaded. The Saints are within the top third of the league for overall passing offense in middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. But, you know, part of that is cause and effect. They've had, Michael Thomas has been out for, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. Chris Olav has been inactive recently. Raheed Shahid has been inactive recently. The Saints have had to kind of change their offense a little bit with all these injuries, and that's affected these rankings. They were a top 10 passing offense. They were within the top 10 for wide receiver targets earlier this season. But they've fallen out of both those categories as these injuries have taken their toll. I think we're going to have Olave this week. He, he, you know, he looks like he's going to play. We did get Raheed Shahid led back last week, so they're starting to get some of these guys back. Uh, Michael Thomas will not be available this week, but is looking like he's going to be an option the week after. So the Saints are starting to get healthy at just the right time, and I think they'll have enough passing offense this week that we could see a good back and forth stream from this game. It's just not set in stone. So I didn't want to call it like an ideal matchup for this week. Another one that could be potentially good for week 16 is Browns at Texans. This has got a 43 point over under. This is indoors, which definitely helps this time of year. That's for sure. The Texans were, were, they are a top 10 passing offense right now, and they are within the top 10 for wide receiver targets. However, they were as high as the second best passing attack in the league, you know, a couple few weeks ago. That dipped when C.J. Stroud got hurt. That's hurt their ranking a little bit. But you know, it was a concussion. He missed the one week that most guys miss when they have the concussion. So odds are good we're going to have him back for this week, and he's been excellent, right? So if he plays, our Browns have tons of option. Or excuse me, tons of value as cornerback options. Uh, and then I'm, you know, for the reverse. Joe Flacco has now played three whole games for the Browns. He is averaging north of 25 completed passes per game as the Browns' starting quarterback. So that gives uh, our Texans options as well. So this Browns-Texans game really has all the makings of an ideal stream. It's just, you know, I I can't say it will be until we're sure C.J. Stroud is going to play this week. And then also Nico Collins is beat up a little bit too. If he goes, that just adds even more value to this on top of what we already have. So that's potentially good for this week. Another one that is potentially good for this week is Lions at Vikings. This has got a massive 47 point over under, which we love to see. The Lions are the seventh best passing attack in the league. They are just outside the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. So Byron Murphy, Akela Bevins should be all set, ready to go, locked and loaded. They've got plenty of value this week. The other side of this is where this could be a potentially really good stream. So we saw Mullins last week. He looked real good. Uh, He looked a lot better than Dobbs had the the past few weeks uh, prior to that. So if we get that same kind of uh, Mullins uh, output or production this week, then we've got what we want. Then we've got a back and forth affair. Then we've got an ideal setup for streaming corner. I just can't guarantee we're going to get that. So it's an iffy matchup instead of a slam dunk matchup. Either way, I think our Vikings corners definitely have some value in that one. Another one that could be pretty good is Jaguars at Bucks. This has got a 45 point over under. It's outdoors in Tampa Bay. You know, outdoors, not great. Tampa Bay, okay, that's fine. You know, could be worse. The Jags are the ninth overall passing attack. They are middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. The Bucks are middle of the pack for passing offense and ninth overall for wide receiver targets. Both of these teams desperately need to win this game to stay on top in their division. So it's going to be a hotly contested affair. This could be really good. This really could be a good one. It's just not a slam dunk. But it's definitely worth a mention. It could be a very good matchup for us. And then the last one that has lots of potential is Raiders at Chiefs. So this is a divisional game. And if we remember the past few matchups, the one earlier this season, the couple we got last year, uh, the Raiders are not afraid of Kansas City. Uh, especially this mediocre version of Kansas City that we have this season, right? Uh, so I, I think the Raiders are going to play them play tough. They're going to play them close. I think we get a back-and-forth affair. You know, Las Vegas is middle of the pack, both for their wide receiver targets and for their passing offense. But, you know, we've we've seen them cook. They are capable of cooking if we let them in the kitchen, that's for sure. And then the Chiefs are the sixth overall passing attack in the league. They are within the worst third of the league for wide receiver targets, but, you know, we've talked about that before here too. You know, I I think there'll be enough offense, right? At least for the guys that we care about, for Snead, for McDuffie, for Hobbs. If we can get just enough offense for those three, I could care less about anyone else. Those are the guys that we need to have value this week. That game also has a 43 and a half point over under, which is pretty good. So I like that one quite a bit as well as a potential good stream this week. All right, let's pick it up with some likely cornerback ones and twos for week 16. First one I want to talk about is Paulson Adebo of the Saints up against the Rams. Rams are top third of the league for overall passing offense. They are the number three overall team for wide receiver targets. This is an indoor game. That's all I need right there. That's plenty that that. On paper, is ideal across the board for Paulson Adebo, and that's what we've, what we've got to go with because I can't see the future. So it looks good, so we'll go with it. I also like D.J. Reed against the Commanders this week. So the Commanders are within the top third of the league for overall passing offense. They target their wide receivers the fifth most in the league. That's a good setup for D.J. Reed right there. We've talked about how mistake-prone Sam Howell is all season. So I I think the odds are good that we have a good floor for D.J. Reed, and then maybe an interception as well. So good setup right there. I also like Daron Bland to bounce back against the Dolphins. Dolphins are the best passing attack in the league. They target their wide receiver the eighth most overall. And we're likely to get Tyreek Hill back this week. So really good setup for Daron Bland as a possible cornerback one or two this week. I also like Cater Kohu against Dallas. Most people would think Jalen Ramsey should be here instead of later as a dart throw. But Cater Coe, who is, pr- is easily the most productive cornerback option, on the Dolphins. Jalen Ramsey is a scary guy. You don't want to throw at Jalen Ramsey. So that limits his ceiling a little bit. He doesn't get targeted nearly as much as a guy like Cater Kohu does. So Cater Kohu up against Dallas in their, what was their second overall passing attack in sixth in the league for wide receiver targets is a pretty good setup. I also like Byron Murphy of the Vikings up against the Lions. Lions have the seventh best passing attack in the league. They are just outside the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. Byron Murphy is on a bit of a hot streak as well. He's been excellent recently, so we, we, we ride the hot hand. And then also to round out the cornerback ones and twos that I think are likely for this week, Carlton Davis up against a top 10 Jaguars passing offense. They are only middle of the pack for wide receiver targets, but if you put Carlton Davis in a remotely okay situation, he's going to at least hit his projection and usually go way past it. So I, I like him as a uh, good option this week. Uh, some guys that I think are decent dart throws for Week 16 include Asante Samuel Jr. up against the Bills. I think the Bills go back to passing the ball this week after you know changing their entire offense to, to crush Dallas last week. Bills are the fifth best passing attack in the league. They are just outside the top third of the league for wide receiver targets. That makes for a pretty good setup for Asante Samuel Jr. I like Martin Emerson of the Browns up against the Texans. Texans have been a top 10 passing attack most of this season. They are within the top 10 for wide receiver targets, and they should be getting C.J. Stroud back this week. So that is beautiful across the board for Martin Emerson. Another dart throw I like in Week 16 is Desmond King up against the Browns. So Flacco, as I mentioned previously, is completing about 25 passes per game. That's, that's pretty good, especially for a guy that was, you know, a backup, backup, backup at the start of the season or, you know, maybe not even playing. I can't remember to tell you the truth, but uh, you know, he, he's come right in and, and has chemistry with that offense is completing passes, throwing touchdowns. He's doing everything we like to see as, you know, people that are going to stream corner against that team, everything looks good. And and Desmond King, we'll talk about this later. He's definitely a boomer bust option, but I think he's a good, good option in this particular setup this week. Say, same thing for Derek Stingley. I like him as a dart throw this week for the same exact reasons. Browns have looked a lot better as a passing offense under Joe Flacco recently. So I think that gives us enough value to get both Stingley and Desmond King a decent box score this week. I also like Roger McCreary of the Titans up against the Seahawks. Seahawks are only middle of the pack for overall passing offense, but they are within the top third of the league for wide receiver targets, and Roger McCreary has been excellent all season. No no reason to think that stops now. I like Jalen Ramsey up against the Cowboys for the same exact reasons we talked about with Cater Kohu. The only thing that makes Ramsey a dart throw instead of a cornerback one or two is that, you know, I would avoid him if I was the Cowboys. I wouldn't throw at him. And we've we've seen that in many of his matchups this year. He either has a, you know, one or two interception game or he has nothing. It's that simple, you know, because when they throw at him, you know, he has the opportunity to make these plays, but he just hasn't been thrown at this that much this season, it feels like, or or at least it seems like, looking at the box scores every week. So uh, I, I think that Dallas is going to have to throw the ball, so he will be involved this week, no doubt. All right, another few dart throws I like for Week 16, Stefan Gilmore up against Miami. We talked about this with Duran Bland, but Miami is the the best, the first overall passing attack in the league. They target their wide receivers eighth most overall. That is a great setup for Stephon Gilmore. I like Nate Hobbs against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the sixth best passing attack in the league. They do only target their wide receivers within the worst third of the league. You know, it is what it is. And I feel like Nate Hobbs has had two bad weeks in a row. The odds of him having a third bad week in a row are just astronomically, I I don't think it's going to happen. He he has been one of the most consistent, productive, and reliable IDB cornerback options on the planet for most of his career the fact that we've even gotten these last two weeks out of him that have been bad has been really really weird from from these eyeballs so I think he bounces back and and it's a pretty good passing offense to begin with so we should have some value for him and then the last two I like for dart throws in week 16 Darian Kendrick of the Rams up against the Saints we talked about the Saints being just outside the top third of the league for overall passing offense and within the middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. But we also talked about injuries, forcing them to change their offense a little bit, and they're getting healthier. So I think that we're in a good situation to have a good Darian Kendrick week this week. And my final dart throw for Week 16 is a Caleb Evans of the Vikings up against the Lions. Lions are the seventh best passing attack in the league, and they are just outside the top third for wide receiver targets. That is a nice setup for Caleb Evans, who's been pretty hot recently to begin with. So that looks pretty good. All right, let's move on to some bad ideas that seem good. Week 16 edition. First things first. So Jerry Jacobs in any capacity is a bad idea this week. He was demoted to special team snaps only last week, but he also suffered a hamstring injury. So this kind of creates like the perfect storm where casuals who have no idea about cornerback streaming are going to blame that zero he got last week on that hamstring injury. And if he can play this week, they'll see his normal, bloated, inaccurate projection in a decent matchup and expect good production. That is not likely. From what I've seen, he's been demoted to special teams only. So I would stay away. Uh, along the same lines. So Michael Davis last week had six combined tackles, two pass defense. That's a great game, right? And he's got a decent projection uh, this week and a pretty good matchup against the Bills. But we know that Michael Davis was benched in weeks 13, 12, and 10, and and he's had his playing time literally ripped out from underneath him constantly this entire season by guys like Dean Leonard and others. So he is anything but safe. That is for sure. All right, moving on to miscellaneous notes, week 16 edition. So, yeah, there, there were some strange things, and we talked about some of them last week. Another one that stood out. So, Elijah Molden only played 44% of snaps. During those 44% of snaps, he managed to intercept a pass and return it for a touchdown. That's one of those things that's just you know statistically not going to happen to a guy that plays less than half the snaps very often at all. But it did happen last week. So, you know, that that's one of those examples where I talk about we don't want to play a guy. He's not playing enough. The floor is not going to be there. But something crazy could happen. Well, something crazy happened, right? And that touchdown actually knocked me out of a playoff league. I was going up against a guy that had no idea that Elijah Molden was not a starter, that was that he was going to play less than half half the snaps. This guy just saw a bloated projection threw it in, and got lucky. So, you know, that's the type of stuff we're up against sometimes, and it is what it is. Unfortunate, but true. All right, moving on. So, Marshawn Lattimore is likely to miss this week, but should be back the week after. Isaac Yadam remains an option against the Rams. That is a pretty good matchup if you need it, but only in deeper leagues. Christian Benford for the Bills has now started two weeks in a row. The matchup is not good, but if he does start again this week, then you know, it would be safe, I think, and he would be an option going forward. That's something called the rule of three. That is an IDP tipster thing. Unless we see it three times, you know, in three weeks in a row, it's really not safe. And we we break that rule all the time. But you know, th- that's how I know it's for real is when we see it the same time three weeks in a row. So Benford is close. He's almost there. Over on the Colts, Juju Brents was back in his first game since Week 7. He played 93% of snaps and displaced Daryl Baker Jr. as the third cornerback there. He's a decent option in deeper leagues to finish out the season if you need a waiver-wire guy. In Green Bay, Eric Stokes displaced Corey Ballantyne as the backup for Jair Alexander. So that's, that's, you know, inception levels of shenanigans to find who the starting corner is for Green Bay. So, you know, to simplify it, if it's not Carrington Valentine, if it's not Keyshawn Nixon, then it's not safe. That's the easier way to look at it. Over in Houston, Desmond King played a massive 97% of snaps last week in a close game. He is an excellent option regardless, but he usually tops out around like 70, 80% of snaps. With him seeing 97% last week, that just makes it even better. That just makes it even safer. He is definitely a boomer bust option. His last three games look like this. 11 combined tackles, one tackle, 10 combined tackles. So it's either feast or famine. But if you need a home run play, if you need a kill shot, Desmond King is not a bad idea at all. Speaking of the Lions, Brian Branch was up to 72% of snaps last week but his box score did not show any improvement. Just two combined tackles this past week, three combined tackles the week before where he played 52% of snaps. More info has come out about this. He is just focusing on nickel cornerback. He is not doing any safety type stuff anymore, and this has really killed his value. So I don't think we can play him for the rest of the year, not unless his playing time shoots up drastically this week and we get you know, like the defensive coordinator in an interview saying that he's back to his old position. That's the only way we could trust this guy for the rest of the season. So I am steering clear. Over in Seattle, Tariq Woolen was benched after 28% of snaps played on that Monday night game against the Eagles. They've got Pittsburgh and Tennessee as the remaining games. So it's fine. We don't need him. You can blast him out the airlock. His usefulness is over to us, but just thought I would mention it. Over on the Titans, so Christian Fulton has been moved to IR. Elijah Molden got 44% of snaps, trying to make up some of that missing production. But Trey Avery appears to be the uh, preferred replacement, getting 88% of snaps last week. Over in New England, J.C. Jackson was a healthy scratch last week with, quote, mental health issues, unquote. He was moved to some kind of IR list today, so he is done for the rest of the season. If it's not Miles Bryant, if it's not Jonathan Jones, it isn't safe is really the best way to look at the Patriots right now. That last cornerback slot is definitely in flux. Over in Philly, without Darius Slay last week, it was Kelly Ringo, 52% of snaps, Eli Ricks, 48%, Bradley Roby, 48%, and James Bradbury almost every snap. So total and complete mess, but thankfully Slay should be back this week. But, you know, a simplified way to look at this is if it's not Slay, if it's not Bradbury, we skip it. So a lot of that, a lot of that going on this week. There are a lot of situations where we've got a couple solid corners and then, you know, one slot or two slots that's just totally in flux. And we have no idea who it's going to be. Thankfully, that that's not going to matter in two weeks. We just got to get through this game and the next one. Semifinals and finals of fantasy. And then I can stop, you know, tracking all this crap and go back to my regular life. And you guys won't have to worry about starting uh, good cornerback options anymore till next year. So we've just got two more weeks to get through. Stay with those safe options. You know, you can totally get burnt by this stuff. I, I saw a few guys eat zeros this week with Jerry Jacobs and some other questionable moves. Uh, So don't let that be you. Continue to make good decisions, and hopefully the fantasy gods will be merciful to us and help us get through to fantasy finals week. All right, and that is pretty much it for me this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck in semifinals. I really hope we get a better week than we did last week. That was just an absolute dumpster fire all over the place. Offensive fantasy, IDP, streaming corner, the games themselves betting, whatever. It was all a dumpster fire last week. So I'm hoping we get a bit better, a bit more at least predictable of a week this week and that it works out for everyone and you guys all get to semi-final get into finals rather. So thank you everyone for listening. Quick reminder to any California listeners, Don't forget about the touchdown hoedown every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's at the Desert Five Spot at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. For details, contact at Lamont. That's at LAM0NT562 on Twitter. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck this week. I will see you all at the same time, same place next week, and we'll get ready for the finals of fantasy football. 2023, 20. All right. Happy holidays, everyone. Take care. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show.